1: Happy Tuesday, everybody. Today is October 12th, 2021, and today's guest is Kurt Geyer, and we're discussing the last 10 days of hunting that him and I have endured. All right, welcome to the Fall Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Blasey, and today's episode is 183. And today's podcast is a good one. Kurt Geyer from Working Class Bullhunter Podcast joins me, and we are talking about the last 10 days of hunting that we've been going through we're covering Illinois. I'm down in Illinois right now hunting and I've had some really good encounters, really close encounters with some big deer. We get into talking about hunting in 80 degree 80 degree weather, early season, talking about hunting mornings, a big section on scent control and how to keep your scent, you know, down as much as you can when you're sweating, going to the stand, all that stuff. So we, we, we cover a plethora or a plethora, however you want to However you want to pronounce it, um, of different topics and I think we covered it all. It was a good podcast. Um hopefully you guys are out there, you know, getting after it and hunting and, and knocking deer down and having fun doing it. So um, yeah, with that being said, I do want to say thank you everybody out there for all the support and all the downloads on everything and guys go check out working class bow hunter podcast. And they have a new podcast out as well. Um, working class on DeerCast with the jury. So go check that out. Also, Kurt does talk a little bit about that at the end. So you get a little more, uh, information on what he is doing over there with that. So with that being said, let's get over to this interview with Kurt. And like I said, good luck this fall. <music> All right, I'm recording that as well. Okay, let's, uh, we'll get into this here. Um, all right, you ready? <clears throat> all right, welcome back to the Fall Podcast. Today, Kurt Geyer is with me. Kurt, what's going on, man? I appreciate you, uh, jumping on in short notice here.
0: Hey, buddy. Thanks for having me again. Yeah. Always a good time. If I can jump on, I'm in, you know?
1: For sure. Like, I feel like I'm calling you last minute all the time, but, uh,
0: <laughs> it is what i'm not it is. doing anything else anyway so whatever right <laughs> just a deadbeat over there <laughs> yeah, dude, I don't do anything
1: oh shit i'm actually two hours south of you right now in illinois and i have no vehicle i really wish i could come up and just get in the studio with you eventually it'll happen it'll happen
0: yeah it has to hunting brings us together but keeps us apart at the same time yeah. you know
1: yeah i agree with that <laughs> for sure Dude, it is, yeah. I mean, right now we're recording this, it's Monday, October 11th, and you and I have had some pretty good sits the first, you know, 10, 11 days of the season, and I wanted to pick your brain, I mean, as of recent, the last couple days, I've had some really good sits in really hot weather, um, and I just wanted to kind of get on bullshit a little bit, but talk about some things that, that people kind of fight with, you know, in early season when it's so hot, and when you're hunting, and... And, uh, mm-hmm. and then kind of give everybody just a little update on what, what you got going on as far as hunting so far and what I got going on and just, just BS a little bit, talk for, you know, an hour and see where it goes from there. You know, just a couple girls gabbing, you know.
0: <laughs> right. A bunch <laughs> of dudes out here duding. Dude. For sure. Um, yeah, dude. honestly, for how hot and kind of crappy the weather's been, I don't know if it's fair to say it's been crappy, but, it, it, you know, it's typical early October weather, you know, hot 80s weather. Um, I've seen, like you said, I've seen an abnormal amount of deer, I feel like, for how hot it's been, for how my seasons normally go. Normally it's fairly dead for me until like the 20th of October, and then I start to get a little more excited and make some serious moves. Um, I've seen a lot of young bucks. I've seen seen more bucks than does this year already, which is strange. Mostly young deer, a couple good deer, you know. Yeah. but really, like with the wind we've had, and sort of just the layout of certain things uh, as far as just uh, temperature, wind direction, layout of the ground, I haven't been able to make the moves I would like to make. But it's so early. Yes, you know. Yep. It's funny it's debatable you say whether or not you should be doing it anyway.
1: Exactly, it, and it's funny you say that you've seen more bucks than you have does I, across the board. I'm the same way. Michigan and Illinois so far in the first eleven days of season, I've seen more bucks than I have does hands down. And I don't know why that is. I wonder is. why.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I, is it collectively people shoot more does now? I don't know.
1: I don't know. Or I'm hunting farms that are just, you know, the buck to doe ratio is really good maybe. Or the doe numbers are down. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It could be that. Um, I do know in Illinois, this farm that I'm hunting, it's the first time I've ever hunted it. Uh, mm. And I've hunted it, I got here last Wednesday. So I hunted it Thursday, Friday, Saturday sunday and now here we are monday and it's pouring down rain so i don't know if i'm gonna be able to hunt tonight or not because i don't know if it's gonna stop but but uh i will say it's uh the bucks i'm not seeing a lot of deer in all my sits but when i am i'm seeing the right deer i can say that
0: yeah i mean that's all you can really ask for i mean i would rather have I, i don't know i love seeing numbers of deer i do yes um but like let me give you an example where i'm going with that the other day, I sat in a spot for the first time, and I looked behind me, and well, I hear you know, like um, you know, the sound with like a deer coughs,
1: dude. Okay, I have a, a story for when you when you're done about what happened with a deer cough. Go ahead, but yes, I do know. I love when they cough because it, I do too. because you, you, you really if you don't know they're there, you're like you hear a cough and you're like okay. He's right there. You know, there's a deer there.
0: Yeah. Especially earlier yes. in the season when a lot of that lower foliage is so thick and yep. you can't always see. And it. it's so I kind of, and I don't know, if this is, this might be incorrect, um, but it's just something that I, in my experiences I've seen. I kind of associate that cough as in like they're bedded or we're just bedded or getting up from a bed. It might not have any correlation with that at all. But, let me continue, I don't continue my story because I hear a cough and I look over and I see a buck standing. It's like he got up, adjusted, coughed, did his, like chewing his cud, doing whatever. And then he bedded back down like 35 yards from me. And a nice like 125 inch, yep. a 130 on his best day eight pointer. And that was really cool to see him bedded under me. And what I was getting to is like when you see deer, you'd rather see the right deer. I thought that was cool. But then now I have to sit there on death comp five alert to not have this deer bust me (laughs) to where I'd almost like if I'm going to see a lot of deer, I'd rather them come in, do their deer thing, and then move on so then daddy can come in. You know what I mean? Just keep it moving, you know? And I want to see more deer, the better. I think the sits are more fun, but I don't necessarily want deer bedded under me. Right. Yep.
1: I will say right now, all my sits, excluding Michigan, all my Illinois sits so far have been slow monotonous sweaty sits but <laughs> yeah <laughs> i've seen two of the better deer i've seen in a long time in two different evenings i mean i had 140 inch framey eight pointer at 50 yards that i was gonna kill um it's a nice eight pointer real good eight dude real good eight when i saw him i'm like oh my god like at first i had to do like a double take and i'm like is he a shooter because when you when you look when I looked at him at first I'm like oh he's Pope and young and then he picked his head up I'm like no no he is not he is he's probably 18 inches wide he's got decent mass not great mass great time length great beams I mean he comes out mm-hmm. 50 yards I mean I did not want to I didn't want to force a shot a um, lot of season left he was broadside at 50 and I'm like I made that mistake last year and I'm like I just I, I don't want to force the situation right now. And, you know, he's out there at 50 yards eating on standing corn in a standing corn field. And I'm like, I got to let you walk. And I'm like, I'm just like, what the hell, you know? And <laughs> yeah. he's just mowing down corn and he kind of works off. But uh, going back to the coughing thing, the night after that happened, I'm sitting back in the same stand. I get in. I mean, it's it's 80. Like, you you know, you've been, you live in Illinois. You're only two hours north of me right now. It's been 85 the last two or three days not ideal not ideal by any means but I've got I've got a good wind um I guess if there is a good wind for the stand that I, I want to get into look I mean the bucks are there after dark on camera right now the bucks are there every one of the shooters is showing up after dark so I'm like I feel like I've got to make Same a, thing here a, yeah and I feel like I've got to make an effort but uh I'm not pushing in yet I mean I'm hunting in an inside yeah. corner on a standing cornfield right now
0: Yeah, I I think that's a a great move, standing corn or fresh cut corn. And then it's, I mean, I'm seeing the same thing, you know, an hour after dark, there's your deer. So it's like, you know, you can't do, if a deer doesn't want to move, you can't make a move. Exactly. You know what I mean? So you're kind of just, you're this early, in my opinion, you're just waiting on, you do your homework to get yourself in the right spot and you're just waiting on the luck that he moves earlier in shooting hours than he would normally at this time of year when it's 85 degrees
1: yep and and that's the instance i had saturday night so the one of the beauties of standing corn is it makes for a great entry and great exit if you need to be yeah and um we had about a 500 yard walk uh through standing corn got in you can get in real quiet Um, got in the stand sitting by five and I mean, they're short sits, like I'm not going to go out there and just bake in the sun for three hours, you know?
0: Dude, I have been man. And I don't know why (laughs) I just get, I I get anxious and I'm like, uh, like the other day I had a first sit in a stand that I hung over summer and like, I just wanted to get in early and like I had a branch I had to trim, I guess, you know what I mean? Just little... Stuff I didn't feel like doing when it was 105 degrees, that I will like, <laughs> I'll just do it when I go in and sit, and I'll get in early enough and kind of like make sure my pole ropes are good and my safety straps are good. And then that takes like, I always feel like, oh, it could take a long time because sometimes it gets complicated. Right. And I get in, it took me five minutes, and I'm just like, hmm, oh. all right, well, <laughs> here I am. I'm in here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> here I am. Yeah. So that's not the smartest, probably more opportunity to like spook a deer that gets on the other side of you or whatever. But, yeah, for yeah. sure. Shorter sits in the hot weather, much better.
1: Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, shooting lights ending at 7, maybe a little before right now. So it's basically a two-hour sit. Um, but I, I got in, Casey was filming me, I get in, and we're sitting there, and like the deer cough thing at 5.30, you can hear the loudest cough. He sounded like he was right underneath of us. Well, he's behind mm-hmm. us, and I didn't know it was a he, just, you know, it sounded deep. You know, and right. I agree yeah. with your theory on he just they just got up from a bed, like yeah. Because our whole where the stand is, I mean, it's tight to betting. I mean, it is, you know, it's tight to what we thought was betting. And I feel like now that this just confirmed this. So I hear this cough, and then I'm like, I can hear him walking, like he's walking to the cor- the the inside corner of the cornfield, and. Mm-hmm. I can't see him, but I can hear him, and he's close. I mean, he's probably within 50, but he's, like you said, the foliage is up right now. You can't see nothing. Um, So I'm just boring holes in in this little pocket that I have to this inside corner, and all of a sudden I just (laughs) see tines. And I'm like, and I went to Casey, I said, shooter. And then he takes another step, I said, giant, big deer. And I just kept saying, like, like, get up, turn around, kind of thing, because he was facing away, and I didn't know if he could hear me. Well, uh-huh. I pop up, and I get the binos on him, and I know exactly what deer it is. I've, I've had pictures of him in on cell cam um, in the summer in Velvet, and he hadn't shown up since then. And I'm like, when I got pictures of him, and he's the pictures I got of him were a mile from this stand on the same farm uh, in Velvet, and he's now relocated here. Speaking of trail camps, I will say cell cams in particular have been a really big asset for me here in illinois because you know as i'm home in michigan i am you know getting these pictures instantly and i can tell when i need to be down here in illinois and really get after these deer when they start showing up in daylight now if you guys are looking for a good cell cam i am running the renders from exodus right now so go check those out because they're awesome and i've said it before with cell cams in general, I like getting that info instantaneously so I can look at the weather and see what's going on right now and ask myself why, why is this deer doing this? And cell cams in general do that to a T and that's why I really like them. But if you guys are looking for a new camera, go check out Exodus trail cams at exodusoutdoorgear.com. And uh, I'm like, holy crap, it's him. He's the best way I can describe him. He's a uh, cagey like real cagey mainframe 10 point all day he'll he'll go 160 all day Ooh, all day. that's a
0: nice buck K- as soon as someone says cagey i know exactly what you're saying
1: yes he's very very he's just a cage you know um he comes out and he's sitting in the inside corner he's at 50 yards right now but he is like through some thick stuff i am he's starting to walk away a little bit from us in. He just kind of mills out in the corn. He get that when he got to my lane, it was sixty yards. And again, I'm like, I'm not gonna take a sixty yard shot right now. At th- like, I just, I don't know. That's just not me for right now. I guess it's
0: a poke. Yeah, yeah. That's Especially a poke. with like all the foliage, and he was in standing corn. You said, yeah, yep. See, you, there's a lot going on that you might not be able to see at sixty yards with the corn. Exactly. You
1: know exactly. Yep, And he, I mean, he sat there for probably five minutes at the most and just kind of worked off and I'm like, damn it. But now I know he's here, you know, and then I had the eight the night before. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to ride the hole here. I've got, I got a South wind, which has been great for these deer and they're coming out in South winds. But I guess the whole moral of the story is I feel like we were within, within at least a hundred yards of where this deer is bedded. We got in, you know, and that just is a testament of the corn getting in for entry. You know, it, we yeah. could get in tight to where we speculated that this these deer were bedding, and it was. I mean, I I really feel like he just got out of his bed, and we caught him, you know, and it was 5.30 in the afternoon. Like, there's two hours of daylight left, and it's 85 degrees. Like, what the hell are you doing? You know, why yeah, are you pretty, up? I love that you're pretty up, early. but why are you up? Yeah.
0: I noticed so. when I watched... Um I, that buck that had underneath me bedded, it was 6 o'clock before he got up and did anything. Like Just after 6, actually. And that's really? what I've been seeing a lot of my deer, like, right at that 6 o'clock mark lately. This early, yep. you know?
1: Yep. The 8, the night before, he came out at, like, 6.30. It was, like, closing time kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, but he kind of, I think he traveled a little bit because he came in from a different different direction. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is too, and I always beat myself up about the wind, but both these deer came in from the wind of their back, you know, and, yeah, uh, but, but to their credit, they both entered the field from the lowest point of the field. So with the thermals pulling down, I don't think it really mattered that it yeah. was at their back. Cause it had kind of like a swirl effect mm-hmm. and we wanted to be on the edge of the field, but there's like a bowl on the inside of this corner. And if we were on the edge, I mean, it would have been just a vacuum of our scent. So we had to be in 30, 40 yards into the timber, gotcha. just that outside of that, like, little vortex, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's something that, like, this this instance in particular really was, like, a light bulb moment. Like, if we were on the edge, we probably we probably would have busted him before he even got up. I don't know. But it, you can you can send milkweed or whatever. I use these little – it's not quite milkweed, but it's, like – little feather deals or whatever but it gets out there and it does wicked things when it gets out to the field it's crazy
0: yeah those deer know that they know those pockets and that's like a lot of times why they spend their times or will bet in certain areas because they can catch things a little differently but i feel like i get hung up on like it, it, which i think is smart to get hung up on wind direction because you're you're thinking about how a deer is going to enter a field or come out of this area or what he's going to do on this wind or whatever. Um, and I run a lot of my game plans. You know, I have my circle of guys I call. And uh, Austin Chandler's in that group. And he's like, yep. he, he's pretty much he's like, dude, I'm not as concerned. Like, you know, I watch big deer walk into a spot with the wind at their back all the time. He goes, that they, they they do, yeah, generally high percentage-wise move with the wind to their face. He's like, but but not always. Right. And, you know, I've killed bucks where I'm like, like my one of my favorite deer ever the, creepy he turned around with the wind at his back and came right to me and I killed him at 12 yards you know like in why he did it I don't know maybe he just he had a couple hundred yards to go to where he was going to go uh to get it back in his favor and I just happened to be in the middle of that situation yep. I'm assuming
1: Yeah, Austin's a good one to listen to. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. He's got just as good a track record as as anybody.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, no kidding, right? And it's good to have those guys in your back pocket that you can call and and run your game uh, game plan by. And it's cool when you talk to guys like that, just to your buddies in general. You're like, hey, man, here's the map. This is kind of what I'm thinking. And they might see something that you don't, even though you've stared at that same map for hours on end and – you know what I mean? Like, Hey, have you tried this? Or have you thought about this? And a lot of times I'll be like, Oh man, I didn't even see that. Like you almost get boxed into your own mind. When you look at something over and over again, that you, you become, uh, I do anyway, I become like boxed into my own ideas and I can't see a different angle. Like
1: tunnel vision. Tunnel vision. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's, uh, and that's a good thing. Like I hunt with Casey a lot. So it's like, the other day I was on on I'm like sitting here in the computer. He walks in the room. He's like, "What you, what you looking at? Like, what do you, what are you studying?" I looked at this thing, this inside corner, for 20 minutes, and he comes in. He's like, "What you look at?" I'm like, "This was after the eight point encounter," and I'm like, "Man, I, I really want to try to get closer to this inside corner," yeah. and you know, just it, literally, it might be like a 20 to 30 yard move you know, just get into a hanging hunt, move the stands and, 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 and get in. But honestly, when you get there, when you, when you, when you get down boots on the ground, it, like by a tree, we went right up to the tree. I wanted to get in. And I mean, granted I was on the ground, but you hit a, a wind puffer or a, like I said, like a milkweed or something, you throw it. And it's like, it's literally like a tornado right there. And it's push, it's pulling right down to the low point where these deer are coming out. And I'm like, god we cannot move like we can't get in here i just felt like and i didn't want to push it right now like right i don't and that's want a i mean thing. it's october 8th you know so <laughs> for sure i, I kind of do that too it. like i
0: find myself getting excited because i've been seeing deer to want to right. make a, a move that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense right now like don't i don't know i've had a couple of my buddies like talk me out of some game plans i wanted to make this season already you know yeah. it's like that guys i trust guys i seek to for advice it's like hey man I don't know i would probably hold out till things are perfect and i'm like yeah you're right you know yeah um, and
1: that's 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 exactly where we were kind of we were kind of in you know that situation then i'm like okay so let's see if we can make like a like a like a makeshift ground blind in the corn you know mm-hmm. like can we get in this corn because on the inside corner it's like literally it's like a bowl inside the corn and all the corn is like knee to waist high where the yeah. deer have just hammered it all summer and I'm like, man, we could get right on the edge of that. Well, we ended up finding, like, a deadfall, you know, where we could get the most consistent wind. Like, we were just, mm-hmm. honestly, just walking around a little bit. I mean, creeping around and trying to find where the most consistent wind was. And that's what we did last night. We got in a deadfall. And, I mean, we got to, we got to uh, 30 yards from where these deer have been coming out. And it's, you know, we were getting a consistent wind, but every once in a while, You'd feel it, and you'd feel it hit the back of your neck, and you're like, shit, we should – God, I don't like this. I don't like this. And then, like, a split second later, it would change, and I'm like, okay, just stay, just stay, right. just stay, you know. And we fought that. I never saw a deer, so that's probably why, <laughs> you yeah, know.
0: Right, yeah, it could be, could be. So, what, hey, I, what's your thoughts on – sorry, I'll kind of change it on you real you're good. quick. I, I'm curious. Uh, so I'm a, I'm a big scent elimination guy. I'm not necessarily a cover scent guy or a scent guy in general – Um, I think no sense the best move you can make. Um, but what do you think of like products like cover scent or, or like a product like nose jammer, for example, you ever like looked into any of that?
1: Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of with you. I'm like not a big scent guy, but I do have like a little bottle of nose jammer in my, in my pack all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, I've killed two good bucks and I feel like nose jammer helped me out. I'm not saying it This is what killed the deer for me. Um, One instance, I just actually talked about this deer. Uh, It was opening day of Michigan, um, you know, 2016, I think it was. And I had a a down, or I had a a wind that was where I killed this deer. He was completely downwind to me. He was a 120-inch deer, um, good for my area in Michigan. He came in complete downwind. When he hit my, when he stopped, put his nose up. You know, trying to get me, and then I already had I had an arrow in him right then. So uh, yeah, um, yeah. You know, I I, I don't know. Does no nose, nose jammer work? I've had more instances where I felt like it worked than it didn't. So that's the best thing I can tell you. Um, yeah, my I'll regiment, tell you this.
0: Yeah, go I, ahead. I, I use nose jammer shampoo, and I and I don't have no affiliation with nose jammer for the record. Great, Sa- I'm the same um, thing. I, I use Nose Jammer uh, like soap and their deodorant because not that I think like it's gonna jam the nose of the deer or whatever, but because it has like that light vanilla hint to it, yeah, I feel like it's better to have that working against like my body odor because a lot of the just no scent like scent elimination deodorant and soaps, I feel like I just stink through them right away. Mm-hmm. No, Do you agree, know what I mean? But, yep. So yep. I I feel like a little bit of love with vanilla or whatever else is in nose jammer or like soaps and deodorants. I feel like it, it just keeps me smelling like a human, uh, for longer.
1: Yep. I agree. And I do the same thing. I use nose and I have used it for, Oh shoot. Probably. I think it came out in what, 13 or 14 or something like that. I've used it basically since then, like the shampoo and everything. Um, and my scent regimen kind of is like, I don't spray down or nothing. Um,
0: N- no I use scent elimination or?
1: So no, I, like I have an Oz unit, like a, you know, like a, it's almost like, it's like an Ozonics, basically. Um, Is it like uh,
0: locks deal?
1: Yes. Yeah, locks uh, Oz unit. It's a little, it's called a Nano and I put it in my, in my tub, you know, with all my clothes and uh, like you guys got to do with the scent crusher thing. Um, yeah. And you just do like a wash or whatever. I do yeah. that, but I wash my clothes with scent free detergent. I do that. Um, and then in my tubs. I take cedar boughs and I take oak leaves and stuff like that and I put them in the bottom of it and I just kind of like let the let that smell get all over it and then that's basically what I do. Um,
0: I like that. Yeah. That makes a ton of sense.
1: That's it. And honestly, I mean, you got the guys out there that are, you know, some guys that just don't worry about the wind at all. I'm not that guy. I'll never be that guy because you will not do enough research or science or anything to tell me that I can go in no matter what I do that I will be sent free. I mean, there is so much gear that you have that you take in with you down to the straps on your tree stand, down to the fletching on your arrow, to your right. peep sight, to your your kisser button, whatever it is. You're telling me that you can be completely Completely, one hundred percent scent free. I'm not buying it. I'll never buy it. I won't. I'm with
0: you. I'm with you. I think you just you can put in your best efforts. You yes. know, it's like your, your clothes, um, your body for the most part. But yeah, like I think going in one hundred percent like a deer cannot smell me mm-hmm. is ignorant.
1: Oh, hundred percent. I agree. But
0: but why not take you know why not take some steps to help? You know, it's like I wonder like there's times where I feel like oh that deer can smell me right now but they don't care. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know what I mean? Like the, and there's other yeah. times where, where a deer locks up in his tracks and you're like, Oh, he smells me. And yep. then, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. So um, I have yet to try nose jammer in a way to where I'm like, yep, here's this aerosol can spray my body. I have not done that yet, but I've done just like light, Soap deodorant type thing. I've so, never full blown blasted like by equipment or my body or anything with the aerosol can. I, I mean, yeah. Maybe I'll try it, but um, I'm I'm a little reluctant.
1: I was reluctant about like spraying my equipment and everything. The, the extent of what I take it to is when I get to the tree, if I really feel like I need to make a move on this and I, and this might, I even, I said this phrase to Casey last night when the, when we're on sitting on the ground and we're, the wind is swirling and I'm like, I think I'm going to jam him up. And I literally told him, I said, if it gives me another 10 yards, I'm good with that. You know, if it could buy me 10 yards, five yards for a deer where he comes to the edge and gives me five yards out into that, yeah, out into the inside corner, it worked. You know what I mean? If yeah, it will give yeah. me that, that's that's kind of my where my headspace is at on it. And so the extent of I take it is I'll spray it on the tree right next to me. Or if I'm in a tree, I'll just do like a line, you know, right on the tree behind me. And then that's it. Like that's, gotcha. that's all I do. I feel like... I feel like if I spray down my bow, I just feel like my bow will I don't know I don't know if I want to spray down my bow.
0: I'm just not I hear, not yeah. to that point. <laughs> I, yeah, I hear you. I uh, maybe I'll try it like tonight. It's raining here, and I think it's supposed to rain all day. Yep. I don't know. I want to go to that ground blind to hunt because it's raining and yeah, I can stay comfortable. Maybe I'll try it in the ground blind tonight and just see. You know, just mm-hmm. experiment because it's a low pressure as far as access is concerned um, i don't know, who knows maybe i'll spray down and just be like wow i'm it bought me time and like who knows exactly you know I, mean?
1: I think and this is my opinion you can say i'm full of shit or whatever but if you can think i'm not saying you in general but if whoever's listening like if you can think of like you know, if you can, if you're hunting a just off wind and you can, you can buy yourself five to 10 yards with something, if you really think it's like, that's the mindset I feel like you need to have, but that's just me. Um, Cause I feel like sometimes when deer, I mean, there's deer that like get your scent and they're like, boom, they blow, they're gone, you know, mm-hmm. but then there's deer that'll sit there and they'll, they might not blow, but they're trying to figure it out. And as they're figuring it out, they might like take a couple steps or like, I need to get a whiff of that. Like, you know, like what, it, what is that? And it might buy you three, four five yards enough right. to get an arrow through one. You know, that's kind of where I'm at with it, I guess.
0: No, I'm, I think that's realistic.
1: I also, so I shouldn't say I don't spray down with anything. I will take like my pack. I I don't like washing my pack like in the washing machine. Like I I'll wash never it. I never
0: wash my packs,
1: dude. I spent so much on a pack, and I ozone. don't want to wash it. Yeah, I ozone so the shit out of them. I do the same thing, but what I'll do is I'll take like um, I will take a cover-up scent that's just like a dirt or earth scent, and I'll spray it with that, and that's that's about the extent of it.
0: That's funny, man. I um, the earth scent wafers always crack me up. <laughs> I love <laughs> like, the smell of them, though. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> to me, I'm like, yeah, that, yeah, it smells like dirt, but that's, like, that's almost like the equivalent to when you have a pumpkin spice candle, and you're <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, I know what pumpkins smell like, and it ain't like that candle. Right. That's how I feel about the dirt wafers.
1: Yeah. Well, they're, but, it's but, an old school game, too. I mean, those came back how long ago? It was so oh, long man. ago those came out, like you know the guys with like stand pots with like the the pin and the the wafer in his hat you know
0: it's kind of it's just classic looking i know you're saying like i like the smell of them but i don't know Mm -hmm. if i would use them we we kind of have an inside joke i'll just tell it real 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 quick when we were hunting in colorado um there was like scent wafers in camp that someone had left like because we just stayed at the trailhead and uh and I didn't realize our buddy Austin from Buckstorm was actually putting them out. I I thought someone had <laughs> left them in camp. So our first walk in in the dark, my dad and I kind of like don't use any of that stuff. So we're like, God, I keep smelling those damn earth wafers. And, you know, my dad's like, yeah, God, what? I hate that. You know, and, we you know, we're kind of just being a little dramatic. Uh, and then we look over and Austin's got him all over his clothes. <laughs> And so now it's just kind of like this big joke with we're working class and the Buckstorm crew that we hate earth scented wafers.
1: So, I will say I don't think harmless. they hurt you. Like, if I, I really don't think they would hurt you. But I I don't know.
0: I know what you're saying, and we're just being dramatic about it. But uh yeah, I don't think so. I mean there's definitely I would rather have an Earth wafer than be doused in like like a Tink sixty nine <laughs> buck bomb or something. You know what I mean?
1: Buck bomb. Yeah. And there's some Which, gimmicky things out there, huh?
0: <laughs> it's crazy, but man, people buy it though. You know, it's they do. Where there's I a get, demand, people create the supply, and they make money.
1: Hundred percent. And I mean, hunters in general just hook, line, and sinker. You know, it's just we are yeah. a group of people that are just like, yeah, I got to have that. Got to have that. Well, well the, the
0: difference is I think you get the guys that don't want to put the amount of uh, time and dedicated effort and money into it like we – because it's our main passion. Right. Where you get the guys that go out three weekends a year maybe. So they see it as I'm buying everything I can to try and lure in a buck for the Saturday that I get to go out. Right. Yep. And I just, whatever you know, I get it to a point. I get the thought process on it. Yeah. But
1: what you know, speaking of scent control and stuff, right now, kind of get back on that topic. Right now, like like we said, it's been hotter than shit out. Like, what are you doing right now? Uh, as far as like walking to the stand in the evenings, where you're like just sweating to beat hell, like, do you take extra clothes with you? Like, do you change in the blind? Like, what is your process right now to try to like, you know, combat sweating your balls off, but also having a comfortable sit?
0: I'm gonna sound really spoiled right now. Sorry. Right. Um, okay. For clothing wise, what I wear in, I I always like a hoodie, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause I like the pockets, you know, I don't ever wear gloves, so I like to put my hands in the pockets, keep mosquitoes off. Them. Um, it's kind of, I my hands are tattooed, so I don't really have to wear gloves for camouflage, which is funny. <laughs> and, uh, so I just like that comfort of being able to stand or sit with my hands in a pocket like that on like, the yep. front of the hoodie. So like last night I went out, I had a hoodie on with no shirt underneath and I, I were, we use Huntworth camo and it's yep. got a big like quarter zip on the hoodie so I just zipped it down and kind of let my, my chest hang out a little bit until it got a little later in the evening. Um, but on some properties, I will take my e-bike and roll in. And that it's my first time ever doing that this year with a bike. And I always thought, like, the bikes were expensive, and they are expensive. Um, but I always thought, my mindset is on it now, is guys either have a four-wheeler for access or they have an e-bike. Mm-hmm. Um, and that dude, that bike, it's like you, uh, it's like, a, I call it my magic carpet.
1: <laughs> you're Aladdin.
0: Because, because, <laughs> it's my Aladdin mobile because <laughs> I get in there and there's no scent trail and I'm pedaling and stuff. I have like pedal assist turned on, but I'm not like cranking hard, you know, and I just yeah. kind of go casually and slow. So it's not rattling or making noise and you, you still work up a sweat cause you're biking and you're, you know what I mean? You're doing that thing, but it's helped me a ton. So like the centrail has almost been non-existent when I use the bike. I gotcha. Um, and I'm telling you they're worth their weight in gold.
1: I know they are, man. I want one so bad, so bad. <laughs> I need to get one.
0: <laughs> we, we work with rogue Ridge and it's been like great people and a great company to work with. And mm-hmm. I've always wanted to need, I'm a BMX kid. When, you know, I grew up riding bikes, so I've, obviously anything bike related is interesting. So for me to, to blend bike riding and hunting kind of in one thing is, is neat for me. Um, but I'll tell you, I think it was easy for me when they first came out. I was that guy that was like, that's stupid. Like, they're three grand. That's dumb. Why would anyone buy? And then the more I learned about them and now that I use them, I'm like, oh, okay, I get it.
1: Yep. Takes you a little, little bit to get over that hump. You know what I mean? Like, this is definitely essential and I, I it's something I need to have in my arsenal. Like I can, I definitely see that because I was the same way with, I shoot a Garmin sight on my bow. I've shot it Mm -hmm. for three years now. And before I'm like, man, there's no way I'd, I'd pay for that. But now I'd pay for it twice. I'm not going to lie to you. It is that nice. Oh yeah. It's that nice. It's that, um, it's that piece of archery gear that I, I think a lot of people, myself included, like before I had it and used it was like, man, there's, it's technology. You're, you're relying on technology in a pivotal point, in three years, I have yet to have one issue with that thing. One issue, no, you know, no issues ranging in the rain, nothing. I've had the same batteries in it. I should probably change them just because I feel like I could get to the stand one time, and they'll be dead. <laughs> but I've yet to change the batteries since I've gotten it. It's, it's the best piece of piece of archery gear I've ever had. But it's a thousand dollars, you know. So well, it's like, yeah.
0: And I'll yeah. tell you, Aaron, to be honest, I'm the dude who judged that site for real. Really? When it when it came out, yeah, I am. Like I and I don't care, whatever. But um when at the time when it came out, it was a hot topic of conversation, kind of in the podcasting and stuff, we talked about it. And uh I, I, I hated on it, not gonna lie. I don't yep. I'm indifferent now, whatever. But at the time I was kinda like, nah. But I kinda was on e bikes too, you know.
1: Uh, I I was the same way. I was like, man, an e bike like well you know what why like kind of a, a weird weird thing but then i'm like last year i found myself riding my pedal bike to the stand as much as i could you know what i mean just to like yeah save on a little bit of energy save on some sweating and i knew it was gonna be an easy ride in but then i'm like god an e-bike would be great and now it's to the point where I'm like i have to have an e-bike <laughs> it would just yeah. be so nice
0: it's i've learned like this rolling in, like the scent trail, like just, you know, maybe you're, you leave some scent trail just from your, your scent coming, scent coming through that area, but you're not walking, your boots aren't there. The grass isn't hitting your pants. It's so I think that is a big difference. Um I think it's, it's probably the difference of a a deer coming in and getting locked up on your trail and not. Yep. Yeah. Um it, But I also get like, you know, an e-bike's not in the cards for everybody. I understand that too. Um Agreed. And, and I'll tell you, if if I would have rode a buddy's bike and then used it, like, what I would say, if you know someone with a bike, ask to borrow it for two hunts.
1: Just test it, test it out first.
0: Just to test that. And I think you'd come out going, wow, okay. And maybe your property might not work for it. Like, if I had an insane hilly property, yeah, you could probably still use it um but if you if you're running a lot of field edges or like edges of hay fields or even if you just got a long jump from where you park your truck and you just need to beat feet quickly to a certain area and then park the bike late down in the grass and then make your strategic entry there's a place for that too you know
1: for sure yeah well and that's to, to kind of go back to what i was saying about you know sweating and everything like that you you like the hoodie route so i've like i've kind of morphed I don't know. I I have scent-wicking base layers that are light, um, but they're all long sleeves. And my whole philosophy is, okay, I get the scent-wicking. It gets away from your body. I understand that. But right now, it's so damn hot that I will wear just a t-shirt to the stand, and I will take an extra t-shirt and with me that are washed in scent-free soap. You know, I, I do take... A few just regular, normal t shirts every year. And I, you know, I, they're my hunting shirts as well. I'll wash them in scent free soap. Mm-hmm. And that's the extent of it. But I will wear a t shirt into the stand. When I get in the stand, I will change that t shirt and I will put the other t shirt in my bag, zipped up. Like, you know, hopefully no scent comes out of it. If it does, it does. But honestly, like, that's kind of where I'm at with it. I do not like, I am the person that hates having sweat on me. Like, yeah, it sucks. I do not want to sit in a stand with freaking sweat just dripping off me. So I just when I get in the stand, I get ready, and, and I just kind of sit there and let my body like cool down a little bit, and then I'll switch my shirt, put a new one on, and then I'll put my jacket on or whatever mm-hmm. I'm going to wear on the outside. So that's kind of my route of it. And my, my scent control stuff has really changed over the years. I used to be really anal, like only wear rubber boots. Now I wear lace-up leather boots majority of the time because in, in, in 2016, I stopped wearing any sort of, like, clothing that was activated carbon, like scent lock or anything. I mm-hmm. wear, like, athletic fitting, you know, clothing. I want to be comfortable. I was, like, I finally got to the point I'm, like, I want to be comfortable. I don't want to have, like, scent lock. I get it, you know, the, the technology, the activated carbon everything, but their clothing are is baggy. It, it's not form-fitting. It's It's not. It just isn't. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I hate looking like a balloon out there, and just all this stuff hanging off me, <laughs> it's like a soup sandwich. You know, ex- <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> you know, I wear, you know, Cabela's Instinct stuff. There, I actually wear like their mountain wear stuff, like that you go on a mountain hunt with. It's a lot like your guys's Huntworth stuff because I've wore Huntworth before. Um, and yeah, It's like yeah. more athletic, form fitting. And, you know, I'm just comfortable, and it, it makes the sits more worthwhile, I, sh- I guess I should say.
0: Yeah, and a bonus for it is it's, uh, it's fairly inexpensive yes. um, for most people, you know. And I'm happy with it. I'm happy with what I've had. You know, there's a ton of good clothing companies out there. Um, I personally like their patterns. I think that's always – I do it, too. You know, not that camos, you know, there's that argument, right? But um, I just think it helps if it looks cool.
1: Yeah, it it does. Casey and I had this conversation (laughs) on the way down here to Illinois this week. And I was like, man, I kind of want to look for like some different clothing. I've I've worn the same clothing for like the last six years. And I'm like, I kind of want to switch it up. I'm the kind of guy that wants to wear something different than everybody has. Like, I just Mm -hmm. don't like following the trends when it comes to that. And I'm like, I want, but I want something that looks good. Like, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, and I told him, I was like, the Instinct clothing, Instinct came out with new clothing this year. It's kind of the same stuff, but it's got a different pattern, and the pattern looks badass. And I'm like, yeah. I would buy it just for the pattern.
0: You the know? Huntworth Tarnan is awesome looking. Really? It, it's a really good looking camo, I think. I mean, I like their Disruption as well. That's what I'm wearing. Uh, but they have they have the two patterns, the Tarnan and Disruption. They have mm-hmm. another one, too. I just can't think of the name. But uh, the Tarnan's a really sharp looking pattern. Like... Um, yeah, I think it's probably effective, but it like just to the human eye, it's like pleasing to look at.
1: Exactly. Yep. Yeah, and that don't nope. matter. But
0: man, if you're gonna spend money or get something new, you want to feel cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, you do. I mean, you don't want to you don't want to look like just a turd either. You know. So <laughs> right. I mean, I, right. I I've been there's sometimes some days where I'll go in and I'll just wear like you know I have a pair of um, green. Have you ever heard of the Wrangler? The Wrangler like I'm gonna call them stretchy pants, but they're like uh, they're like a like a Kuyu or a mountain pant. You know what I mean? They're like uh, I know
0: exactly what you're talking about. They're like twenty bucks at Walmart.
1: Yes, I bought four pair. I bought two green, two brown. They're Wranglers. They are so comfortable. I'm like these would be great for like early season. I, I wear had two the pair. shorts
0: version of those, and I saw the pants version. I didn't know they had the pants like that. I saw them yep. at Walmart, and I'm like, dang, I'm about to pick up a few of those just to for everyday wear. You yep. know.
1: Yeah, Kevin Vistason told me about him. He's like, dude, I work in these and these things he's a plumber and he like he's like I put him through the paces and he's like these things are nice. So I picked up a pair, I think they were twenty six bucks a piece, and I'm like, this is awesome. So I'll like there's times where I'll just wear like green pants and you know, or like a just a drab color or something. And yeah. I don't know, I've I've been really relaxed like the last couple of years. Like I'd rather it, it almost got to the point where it was like everything was getting to be too much work, you know, like yeah, you know, washing your stuff all the time, or not washing all your stuff, but like putting in the tubs all the time and and getting out and getting your bow out of the case. It just like got to the point where it was like, man, this just I need to I need to change something up here. <laughs> and, I hear
0: you, man. That's what's nice about like I always Scent Crusher is great because it's you know it's ozone Scent Eliminator, but. Like the the way their bags are set up is just convenient. So Agreed. like I was have mine sits in the back of my Ranger, my my side by side in my garage with an extension cord plugged into it, and then I run a five minute cycle, but I don't always like ozone the shit out of it because you don't you don't always need to do that. And right. then if I'm hunting on a different property, um, and I gotta throw everything in my truck, I'll throw everything in my truck, and then I'll do the same thing, and then uh, I just change when I get there, mm-hmm. um, or I'll run. Like the mobile unit in my truck and ozone the entire cab. I don't know. I just I do that before I go because I mean I have the equipment. It's there. Why would I not utilize it?
1: Right. No, I agree. I've no, never regretted point.
0: doing it. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. What to What about uh, the Huntworth gear really turned you guys on for using it? Like, what was like the thing that took it over the edge? It was like, man, this is this is some legit stuff. Because I know you've had some time now to be able to use it on some hunts and and really kind of put it through the paces a little bit. So like, what was it that was like, this is, this is good stuff.
0: Well, what's good for us in the podcast is like, that's affordable. So it makes it easy to like talk about because it, and it's, a, you can buy it about anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like the main thing. But as far as like the clothing itself is concerned, they have a hoodie that I'm absolutely in love with. Like I wear, wear this thing. I'm, all, I wear the shit. out. It's like all I wear really. It's a hoodie and I'm trying to – I wish there was like an actual name on it. Let me pull up Huntworth and see if I can find I'm them. I'm looking at and their
1: website too. Is it the 9443DC? Let me check. Hold on. Men's Fairbanks Heavyweight Waterproof? No, that's probably not it. I'm telling you, um, dude, I look at all this stuff, and it's just like the Cabela's Instinct stuff that I've been running. I mean, oh, like, really? just like it. Yeah.
0: Uh, hold on. Let me pull my internet's being dumb here. Um, the hoodie has a built-in face mask in the hood, and then they have – a several different pockets on the front pocket um one one with a little zip pocket yeah and uh that right there just the convenience the way it's designed for me is just I love it I love like where the pockets are I love the hood style the hood's kind of got this um kind of like an elastic thing on the edge so if it's windy it's not blowing off your head
1: okay yep uh, um let me is see it here. the sherpa fleece?
0: um I got some
1: good stuff i love that deception camo or disruption i'm sorry not deception disruption Yeah, the disruption is
0: sharp isn't it yeah. um t- 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 i wish i had it here i would just go grab it and um
1: there's a midway grid fleece hunting fleece and it looks like it's got that built-in built-in that, that face might be it. that oh. that's what it's got a built-in face mask it's like 90 bucks
0: yeah that would be it that's it's a sick uh, looking
1: piece of garment
0: it's not real thick. The one I have isn't. I know they they're making changes and they're growing right now in that gear. Um, mm-hmm. Midweight grid fleece hunting hoodie. I think this is it.
1: It's called the Shelton hoodie. It's the one I'm looking I th-
0: at. I think this is it. Let me. Uh... Yep, that's it. That's it for sure. The Mountain Shelton right?
1: Midway hoodie.
0: Yep, sweet. that this is a hundred percent it. It's see the pockets, the front pockets, how there's like the the regular hoodie pocket and then there's that zip pocket. That's that's nice. I just love that because you can keep like you can throw something in there that you don't want to fall out when you're climbing and climbing a tree or whatever. For and that sure. face mask. What's nice about the face mask is you'd think, oh, no, that's going to get in your way. When I don't want to wear that face mask, I just put it behind my head and you don't even know it's there.
1: I got you. I got but you.
0: On the hood, how it looks like th- that's kind of like an elastic type band that's on the front of that hood um like when you wear a hat it kind of like grips to the front of your hat over like to where your bill meets like the I guess the crown of your hat yep. and so it doesn't blow off it's nice
1: that is cool man they got some I'm telling you dude when i'm looking at some of this stuff it it's like like the same kind of style as what i wear yeah so it's really cool
0: i i'm that's that hoodie the Shelton hoodie yeah 9373 dc that's my number one piece of clothing right now i just i'm in love with it i love the fit of it i love the look of it i love Mm -hmm. the functionality of it um and i'm like that i think every year i find a different piece of clothing that's like my one grab that i need that to go hunting type of thing you know and and it's always hoodie it's always a foundation of some sort of hoodie
1: i like that but that's not even like a big bulky hoodie either that's like a form fitting like athletic fitting hoodie so it's not like you're out there like the michelin man you know what i mean
0: you could wear that hoodie out and about and people would be like, That's a cool hoodie. You know yep. what I mean? And yep. um, I just love it. I don't know. That's that's my number one go to. And then I have uh I have a set, a pair of the midweight pants, which are really great. Um and and tough too. And then I have uh I, I dude and I tell you in Wyoming I slid down a mountain face and I thought for sure I was gonna have holes in those pants and they survived it. <laughs> really? <laughs> so, yeah. They sur- I mean, I I'm impressed all around.
1: That's cool good deal. I'm going to do a harsh transition here. I want to talk about yeah. hunt mornings right now. What 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 are you doing? Are you hunting mornings and like if so, like when are you transitioning off hunting mornings cuz I'm guessing you're not doing it. If you are, you're not doing it like every morning.
0: I'm not hunting. I have not hunted a morning yet. Okay. Um and I but I haven't had anything to tell me to hunt mornings yet. Yep. You know, if something's happening where it's like I got deer moving at 730 and I, there has been, you know, I got deer on cam moving like that, but not the deer that I want to see. Yep. Um, yeah. I just think right now I'm, I'm waiting to make my game plans. I'm tempted to go at times, mm-hmm. um, but I'm just, I'm just waiting. I might wait another week and a half yep. before I do my first morning sit. I might go this weekend. I don't know. It really, I'm, I'm a weird dude, man. I when I just like, I get a hanker and I'm like, it just feels good. I'm going in the morning.
1: Yep. Yeah. And you know, I, you hit the nail on the head the same way I feel too. Like the farm that I'm hunting right now in Illinois, like the third and the fourth, like second, third and fourth, there was two shooters on this food plot in daylight in the morning. So I'm like, but not in the evening. So I'm like, okay, I got to get in early. Mm -hmm. I hunted the first morning, uh, saw a couple deer, didn't see them. They didn't show hunted the next morning, nothing showed. And then I was like, okay, yep. I've, I've done it time that's good. I'm leaving, you know, yeah. not coming back. Like, yeah. once I get that first, like in this time right now, early October, once I get that first, okay, you're pushing deer and you might not even know it. Like, you, yeah. cause then you like, you take a morning off and then the deer back in there like, okay, that just confirmed that, uh, I j- was just fucking things up. <laughs> like, so
0: yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> you know, and I've had, like, I had, a, uh, two sits on two different properties this year to where, I see deer out in a field, and I know where I'm at. They're they're they might make their way to me, but not before dark settles. Right. So I'm not going to sit there and wait till dark and have them be halfway to me and then see me get down and spook them in For the dark sure. on my exit. So once it comes to that point, I mean, I just get down and leave.
1: Mm-hmm. I do the like same I, thing
0: because I know I, you leave with the, the the confidence, especially so early. Like, you can say, those deer didn't know I left, and I know it. Whereas if it happened in the dark, you're like, I don't know, maybe. I haven't seen that buck in two weeks. Maybe I booger right. him up too bad, you know? And I'm just trying to eliminate the the head scratcher of, like, I don't know what happened. I could have spooked him in the dark, you know? I'd rather mm-hmm. know. Um, but that don't mean that I can't do that in a week and a half when I start hunting mornings just because things are telling me it's better. Right. You know, it still well, happens.
1: Yeah, and you know there's a big cold front coming up in Michigan. I don't. You guys are probably going to get it too this weekend. Are you guys getting the big front that's coming through?
0: I haven't checked that far, but yeah, I've been hearing everybody talking about like we're supposed yeah. to get a break.
1: So like right now in Michigan, I think the highs are like mid 70s. Well, the high on Saturday is supposed to be like 52, and mm-hmm. the low is supposed to be like 40, and then Sunday's the same way. So. Those are some times where, like, I might I might push in one morning or two mornings this weekend. But I do know, like, my cameras are showing better in the evening, yeah. you know, so yeah. it's like, do you go in there and fuck it up in the morning? Or do you just, like, I think probably me being as passive as I am, and it's not, like, it's starting to kind of be that time, but not, like, we're not there yet. Like, I'll probably won't hunt Saturday morning, go in a little early on Saturday night, see, like, ride it out, see what happens, you know, and then just kind of feel from there, and, and kind
0: I'm of with go you, that man. way. Yeah, that's probably what I'll do. But I'll tell you, the following weekend I'm hunting mornings.
1: Yeah, that le- like second or the last two weekends or last two weeks of October, you're you're starting yeah. mornings then.
0: Yeah, I'll probably gear up and start, and but not recklessly, you know.
1: Yep. Do um, you really like to start like kind of fringe ish? And then like move in at like slow little bites or like, how do you, I know every situation is different. So, but like in a broad spectrum, like in a perfect world, what, what's your kind of game plan to like move in?
0: Yeah. I would say that's pretty accurate. You know, deer are fringe animals by nature from how I view it. Um, Yeah. I'd say that's probably the best way to expect, like, you know, I, I inch my way in, but then I don't know though, because you know, like one of my favorite spots, um, I have not sat and I haven't even thought about it yet, but the winds have been stupid for it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it just depends. Like this weekend, I might get the hankering and be like, man, I'm going to go in there and get back in that spot. Right. Yeah. Um, so in a, in a broad generalized statement, yes, I start on the fringes and slowly work my way in to where I feel like it's going to be good. Um, mm-hmm. But I also feel like there's a day in October where I just feel like everything changes and I'm like, "All right, it's go time."
1: Yep. I agree. Last year for me, I agree with you 100%. Last year for me it was 19th of 19th of October, everything changed overnight. It I was, agree. I 100% agree crazy. with you.
0: 100%. I think the same exact date because I I think I killed the buck on the 20th. Like I didn't see deer into I didn't see I didn't see I went from seeing very low deer numbers to being tagged out in 5 days hmm So my season was like, man, it seems slow to I shot a doe, I shot a doe and a coyote. The, the following day, I shot a buck, and then five days later I shot my second buck and tagged out. I was like, <laughs> wow, that escalated really fast, which really is cool. Fast. You know, I'll take yeah. I'll take it. But uh yeah, I feel like that's when it changed for me too, like nineteenth twentieth.
1: And I feel like it's give or take plus or minus a few days for me anyway, right around that nineteenth twentieth area. That's when it like I've killed Bucks on the 18th and 19th, and I've had good encounters throughout the years. And like for some reason, that's just when it switches. Now, yeah. an, a, the anomaly part of that is like if it's really warm, I, I don't see as dramatic as a switch. But like if it if it say stagnant, Agreed. I would say like 50, 60 degrees. If it if it even says stagnant, it switches overnight for for me. Um, yeah, it do, it doesn't have to be like a huge front if that makes sense.
0: No, I, I think that makes. A ton of sense. Yeah, for sure. I, I agree with you. Um, last year was also weird, too, if you remember, like, October was really killer weather, and then November's yes. just like, yeah, I feel like doing what October normally does.
1: Yes. Yep.
0: Um, it was so kind of asked backwards. Be, it was asked backwards. I was thankful to be tagged out, because I was like, man, I don't feel like going to sit when it's hot, because you want to be cold and crispy when you get up on a November morning, not 80 degrees.
1: <laughs> I know. Oh, I know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> hopefully it
0: cooperates this year and just does what like the world normally makes late october and november do
1: i know let's just have like a normal like how it's supposed to be drawn up and just let us have that
0: (laughs) yeah the rest of the world's on fire just give us hunting season how it normally is
1: (laughs) yes for sure oh man well i you were getting up in time here um what get I guess let me know, or let everybody else out there know what what's going on. You guys got a lot of stuff going on right now. You've got the working class on Deer Deer Deercast. Well, wow, I can't talk, so kind of okay. explain that a little bit and and let everybody know. You know, even for the haters that are out there hating on you right now, because I know <laughs> we got to stay strong. People are hating; they think you're selling out. You're not selling out.
0: <laughs> well, I, yeah, I love it, but it. I appreciate you giving me a second to like kind of plug this. Um, yeah. So we started a new uh, series. It's not a replacement. I think there's a lot of people thought it was replacing working class hunter, which it's definitely not. Um, everything working class hunter is staying consistent and going to rev up even more as we go. We plan on just doing a ton more and stepping up quality, even on the video podcast side, uh, live podcasts, exclusive podcast content, stuff like that. We're, we have a ton in the works right now for the normal working class bowhunter series. But uh, working class on DeerCast is something we're doing. We teamed up with Jury Outdoors and, of course, uh, DeerCast, which is – I love DeerCast. I think it's such a great place for hunter – it's almost turned into like a hunter's social media to where you don't have to worry about like the the crazy liberal left trying to shut us out because we like to hunt. Yeah. Or gun, the anti-gun movement. So it's kind of like this cool place where we can go, but it's also like a valuable tool for like for weather and everything you need all in one spot. And you can view content and podcasts and videos and all that there as well. Um, but we're doing a podcast series there called Working Class on DeerCast. Um, and right now we're doing two episodes a month until January, and then they're going to be weekly. And it's just basically a cleaner version of Working Class Hunter, so kids can watch it. You can listen or watch it with your family around, whereas uh, in our normal working class boner series, we're reckless a little bit, but that's, that's we love that part of it yep. too. So it's our way to kind of one, it's fun to do that new series, and it's a great opportunity to to. You know, the juries are good friends of ours and are becoming better and better friends are great people, some of the best in the industry, um, and they're ethical. They have a deep respect for everything that we're doing. Unlike anything I've ever seen anywhere else. Um, so we're proud to be a part of that family and we're learning so much about the industry and white like just being around Mark is insane alone, you know? Yes. Um, but yeah, it's just a series we're doing there. And then we have segments on there called the Giant Tracker segment where we do interviews with guys who've just shot some good deer and we have them on at the end of every podcast like Zoom in. Uh, right now they've all been on uh, Zoom. Um, so we, it's kind of a fun way to switch it up, but it's, it's more direct, you know, working class bowhunter. We have a lot of bullshit talk. Like we kind of talk and then we talk hunting. It's kind of more community feel where this is a little more direct into whitetails than our normal podcast platform, if that makes any sense. Yeah, uh, but if you're wanting to watch that DeerCast, they launch first the Jury Outdoors YouTube video, and then they launch um, audio only on our normal podcast feed.
1: Awesome, man! Good for you guys. I mean, I'd I'd like to see you guys or see other you know other people just keep pushing, you know, and and Thanks, and man. doing and doing different things. And I've I've listened to a couple of the podcasts. I I mean, I love. Listening to them They're you know, I, I, Thanks, I respect you guys and everything you're doing and, you know, I'm on board. Like, it's really cool. And I like to see, I like to see the podcast, uh, podcast, I guess, I don't know what you'd call it. Community still grow. I mean, there's a lot of hunting outdoor podcasts out there, but I don't want it to die. Like I enjoy yeah. it, you know, there's a shelf life on everything and I don't want this to quit. Like, so I, I, I like seeing Agreed. you guys kind of keep pushing it further, further and further and it makes other people push it. So I really like that.
0: Yeah, you have to, right? Like the, the, podcast thing, it's like such an old technology cause it's arguably just radio, but like with the internet and collaborations and different things you can do, there's a lot of untapped territory. And I think as creators, it's all up to us to get up and get it, um, and, that, you know, that's the beautiful thing about being in a crowded industry is like, you know, it's the, the guys who stand out are the dudes that are pushing the limits and trying new things and doing things their own way without, um, you know, a, a subconscious influence or however you want to look at it. But and all we're doing is just doing what we want to do. And it's kind of funny. We're getting a lot of that uh, now that we have this series with the juries. People think that we're I don't know. I, I think they think that the juries were just born into these giant farms and they didn't have to work for anything a day in their life, which is quite the opposite of reality. Um, (laughs) because it's just this weird thing of like, if you have nice things, you're not working class. Well, what are you working for?
1: Exactly. You
0: You know, so that's something, and people who are saying that to us are very ignorant and very unaware of like what's actually happening. And they're probably very unfamiliar with our library. Um, because we had some people say, I, "You should not be doing podcasts about five-acre parcels." Like, well, we have. Do you want us to talk about that for five hundred episodes? Probably <laughs> <Right>. not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? And so it's just something I got to get used to—is people uh, just saying dumb shit. <laughs> yeah, because
1: you got to branch out a lot of dumb shit. Yeah, you got to branch out for different stuff. Like, same with me. Like, like on everything on the fall. Like, I don't want to talk about a success story for thirteen weeks you know like i like sprinkling them in but then i also like getting down in the nitty-gritty like today we talked a lot about scent control like it's 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 cool to talk about that but then you know we might not touch on scent i might not touch on scent control again for another year you know you don't need to always you know exactly yeah
0: you know it's a people i think people lose track of i mean for one it's our platforms and we can do whatever we want um but also, it's like, mix it up. It's fun. Why would I want to talk about the same thing every time? I might right. want to talk about Mark, you know, talk on an episode about Mark killing that 216, you know, and that's amazing. That's incredible. Those are deer people dream of, and and yep. he's the mad scientist for a reason. But that don't mean I'm not going to have my buddy that's coming in next week from Michigan that it's, it's a story that's coming out. He shot his first buck with a bow, and he had it stolen by a trespasser.
1: Holy cow.
0: You know, so... And it wasn't a huge deer, but to him, he was so proud of it, only to have his dreams crushed, you know? So we're going to get, like, that's almost two opposite sides of the spectrum. (laughs) Um, So for people to come at us sideways through social media, it just shows to me that they're ignorant for, like, what we actually do and who we are. So it doesn't really bother me that much. But it's also, like, in general, just look into some things, huh?
1: (laughs) Yeah. And (laughs) don't be so jealous right off the rip, you know?
0: Well, it's just weird, man. I can't explain it, but it'll, it'll always be around.
1: Yep. I agree. Bless well, their on hearts, that note, know? yeah, bless their hearts. If if there wasn't haters out there, then you know who would we have to bitch about? <laughs>
0: hey, They're still commenting and watching and viewing, and even that exactly. thumbs down still an analytic boy. Keep it up. Yep.
1: <laughs> what up? <laughs> <laughs> what up? Sick. Oh man. Well, I think that's a good note. Let's 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 cut it loose on that. I appreciate it, dude. I really do. And every time hey, I thank get, you, man, get a chance to talk to you, it's great. So
0: you're killing it, man. I appreciate you having me on.
1: All right, man. We'll talk to you soon. Good luck the rest of the fall.
0: Thanks, brother. You too.
1: All right. There you have it. Kurt Geyer, thank you very much, man, for coming on and bullshitting with me. It's always good catching up with Kurt, and you know I love what those guys have got going on. So thank you very much for that. And with that being said, please go to iTunes, leave a five-star rating, and leave a written review. That'd be greatly appreciated. And don't forget, we'll be right here next week on the Fall Podcast.